we're back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're recording. We're back. Oh, gosh. <laughs> we're back and we're tired and we don't even remember how to do a lot of this stuff. So, well, hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Boost Podcast. Um, it's been a while. We've, yeah, it we've has. been gone for, golly, months? Six months? Six months Eight at months. least. Yeah. Um, Summertime, I think was the last mm, time we recorded. Yeah. So, uh, welcome back. We're happy to be back. We are just coming out of, um, I'm going to go ahead and say like the worst storm that's ever happened on the face of the planet. Probably not, but for us it was. Uh, it, was category, it was the worst that ever hit this area. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And also didn't stop at this area, no. um, for sure. So Yeah, so the last, basically the last two years has been just a major, uh, <laughs> a big tornado of, uh, of, 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 of poop. Yeah. <laughs> the best way it's to It's a sharknado. It. Yeah, it's just terrible. Um, yeah. Just COVID uh, straight into Hurricane Ida. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know a lot of people have been very, very, uh, we were we were spared and lucky compared to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, there was some benefits. There was some beautiful things that happened. Uh, oh, for sure. After the storm, just of just the generosity of people. So mm-hmm. very, very thankful. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's taken a toll and it's kind of made us push back a lot of priorities so as yeah. we kick off lent very excited to be able to relaunch our uh, our podcast indeed yes happy or blessed lent to everyone i know lent is not everybody's happiest time of the of the year because we're learning again how to give stuff up um and how to dive more deeply into prayer which is wonderful but sometimes frustrating it's by far my favorite season yeah because i need i need a swift kick in the butt so mm. a lot of times and you 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 moan like that that little mm, sounded like you uh, you understand that I working understand. with me. <laughs> so it's because I love you and I care for you, and sometimes I have to uh, remind you of stuff and remind yourself that you love me and care for me. Yes, <laughs> so. I say that I say that often. Um, but yeah, so and actually, us talking about Lent and us talking about some of the suffering that we've endured um, leads us really nicely into the topic that we've chosen for our Lenten series which is um, uh, kind of based off of a phrase that we hear a lot during Lent. Um, as Catholics, if you went to Mass um, for Ash Wednesday yesterday, you know the, the, there's different phrases that they can say when they spread ashes on your forehead. It can be repent and believe in the gospel. It can be remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return. I'm sure there's a third one that I'm not thinking of. Um. I have no idea. <laughs> Um, but all of that to help us to, um, the, to the phrase that in Latin is memento mori, which is to remember your death. Um, there's, uh, oh man, there's this, this adage that's a lot of the times it's written on like the door, the gates of a cemetery or on the the walls of like mausoleums. It, it's like basically like the dead talking to us that says, um, what you are now, I once was, and what I am now, you will want, you will one day become. Yep. So just reminding ourselves of death. So we're going to be talking about death um, for the next couple of weeks here during Lent. And it's not. Don't don't worry. This isn't going to be like a horror movie podcast kind I of mean, thing. I mean, unless you're into that sort of like, thing. Like it's but... not going to. It's not about gore. It's but it's something that we have to recognize. The right. the old saying, the old joke is the two guarantees in life is death and is death and taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about the taxes, but there's a guarantee that we will die. <laughs> yes. And there... as it was said, as was said in a homily that actually Father Bruce gave a couple mm. of weeks ago, um, the way we live is the way we die. 
Yep, exactly. So if we live with a reverence, understanding mm-hmm. our life is does come to an end at some point, and we can reverence death, then mm-hmm. we can enter in through that doorway that is death into ideally the heavenly kingdom. Right, right? please Jesus. That's, that's, that's the goal, yeah. right? It's that we live well so that we can be with God in the next, right? So. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's the hope. And I think um, one of the one of the reasons why we chose to do this podcast, um, I mean, other than the fact that it's Lent, it's a really good time to be reminded of that fact, um, is just the fact that we, as, as a church, we deal with death quite a lot. Um, and more particularly, we deal with the, the families of uh, the families of people who have been lost. Um, you know, we deal with the sons, the daughters, the, the wives and the husbands, the children, um, sometimes the parents in, in very unfortunate circumstances of, of child loss. And um, there is just a need really to be able to walk with people through death. And I think as a church, one of the things that we have not maybe not as the church, but just we as human beings, we shy away from this topic of death. Um, and so that's kind of what we want to talk about today is why, why are we, why do we kind of have this little, this fear of, of death, you know, even as Christians, because we're, we'll talk about later and later episodes, like what we believe as Christians comes after death and, and the, the process of moving towards death well. Um, but why are we afraid of it? Like, what's that human thing in us that cringes away from death? Yeah, I think one of the, I think you hit on a a really important point that I want to emphasize before we jump in Mm -hmm. to the why. Um, At at every funeral, the person who passed, right, um, that every funeral I've ever celebrated, (laughs) because we wouldn't be celebrating a funeral otherwise, Mm -hmm. the person that has passed doesn't have to deal with the effects. Right. Right. Um, And there are, I've been in many situations that have been very tragic. I've been in many situations that have been actually very beautiful. I've been in, in, in most situations where there's a lot of confusion because mm-hmm. I don't know what to do right. with these emotions. I don't know what to do with these feelings. And the person who has died, it, it, my death, right, does not just affect me, mm-hmm. right? My death affects those who are closest to me right? even more than, in, in a lot of ways, like the lasting effect is even more effective, right, in mm-hmm. time than me passing away. Um, right. So the reason why I say that is we want this conversation to be something that hopefully family families of people who have passed who might be going through a grieving process mm-hmm. could just be a place to kind of hopefully put some language to the emotions that you're feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And to kind of give us a context and a perspective of what a Christian understanding of life and then death is. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because in, in reality... We, we have to look at it. We have to look at life from a stance of more, of mortality because yeah. we do, we, we are mortal. Mm-hmm. We will pass. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and it, it's just, it, that can be a jolting thing. We may know that intellectually, but it can be a jolting thing emotionally and that, that, that's okay. Like, yeah, it's... we just want to be able to walk with you through it. And uh, so as much as possible, I don't, we don't want this conversation to seem callous or anything like that. Right. So. No, no, no. And I think, um, I think even with the inevitability of death, um, I think there's a way to talk about it to where we're not gonna we're not gonna alleviate all your fears right. with this with this podcast. You know, there it's still legitimate and still okay to be afraid of death and to be worried about it. Um, 
but we just want to we want to be able to help you to not avoid the the topic or the situation or the grieving process right. of death because all of that is important. It's important to know that death is coming, um, but it's also important to know that it's it's something. Um, it's not as scary or as final as um, as one would suspect based off of a lot of like what we learn in the secular world. Right. So, um, so I think the first, so the question of like, why are we afraid of death? I think the very first, um, thing that comes to mind for me is the permanence of it. Um, so, you know, we were just, I was just saying that, you know, it's not as permanent as we think because of the secular world's kind of, you know, teaching us of like death is just, that's done. It's, it's over, like everything's done, but there is a, it's a, it's a complete shift of um, who we are from body and soul to just soul um, until the second coming and all of that wonderful stuff. Um, so I think there is, especially for us on this side of it, there is a level of permanence to it that um, is kind of overwhelming, especially in a world where commitments that we make that are supposed to be binding um, sometimes aren't or sometimes they're violated by by ourselves or by the people that that enter into them as well um so yeah i think permanence is a big scary part of it yeah i i think you you hit on something um there's nothing so much in our in our current our our present day culture Mm -hmm. right in the current environment that we live in right um that's supposed to be permanent isn't yeah um there's so much there's so many things um that are supposed to be lasting and final and the only time and the only thing I'll need. And then it, we, 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 we've seen these institutions fall out, mm-hmm. right? We've seen them fall into something like, for example, marriage. Um, right. I know the stat that we throw out is that there are more marriages that end in divorce than there. Mm-hmm. Well, when we say until death do us part, do, do we mean it? Yeah, you know, yeah. and that's not that, that's not to say that there's not legitimate reasons, and the church has ways of working. Right, with people, right, but, right. But it, but it is a it is a recognition that, just culturally speaking, mm-hmm. there aren't many things that we consider quote unquote permanent. Right. right, and and we as as humans, just because we we sin and we mess up, like we struggle with permanence. We struggle with, um, doing the same thing well every day. And that's, I mean, that's just because we're finite and we can't do everything perfectly because we can't do anything on our own. Um, you know, like even, even something simpler than marriage, like I'm going to work out every day. I'm going to take care of my body for the rest of my life. That's a promise that I'm making to myself, um, that some days I don't, I don't want to keep it. And there could be like weeks or months or even years of time where I give up on that promise to myself, um, because I'm just, I just can't. Right, the resolve, the resolve, the resolve just runs isn't out. there. My body can't do it right now. Um, you know, all kinds of different things right. that could that could really skew or kind of move me off the path of um, of keeping that promise to myself, even if, a simple one. So if that's the if there's this element of permanence, there's also when we're talking about an element of permanence that's a lack of something. Yeah. Um, so my loved one dies, right? Someone who I know, who I care for, a grandparent, a parent, like anybody that I'm in close relationship with, a friend. Um, The permanence that happens is, now that person does not exist with me in the same way, Mm -hmm. right? Um, 
they've passed. So if I go to football games with them, if I watch, you know, if I, yeah, they're my spouse, doing it, things alone. whatever it is, I'm now, there's a, there's a gap that's left, right? right? A hole that's left in my life of the experience of this person as they are next to me. Um, Right. And that changes how you exactly act and interact with other people. Like exactly. If you, if you had that person who you always went to football games with, like now so, they're not with you. So it's a, do you still even go? It's a permanence that's imposed on me. Yes. Right. So I, I think that's the second part of it that mm-hmm. I was kind of reflecting on was that it's out of my control. Yeah, that's true. It's completely out of my control. Mm-hmm. Right. I did not choose this. I did not want this. I did not see this. I did not right. expect this. Mm-hmm. And when we're talking about permanence and then we're talking about something that's completely out of our control, mm-hmm. um, that that's, I didn't sign up for this. That's two things that our culture does not like. Yeah, that's true. Right. We're not, we just said, we're not very good at being with thing with institutions that are permanent mm-hmm. with resolve, with, with commitments that are permanent, our, our culture as a whole, right? Yeah, Some of us might yeah. be really good at it. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> good for you. But then, <laughs> but then you throw in, that now I'm not in control of the situation yeah, yeah. when I'm supposed to be able to be independent and, um, so, you know, like, like be able to focus oh, yeah, on like myself. Manifest and, destiny, like right, American like, dream. It's going to be me. This. I can make it happen. Yeah. Just, you know, pick myself up by my bootstraps. And mm-hmm. just do it. But like yeah, all these kind yeah. of things, if it's out of my control and it's something that's permanent, that's... We're, we're, we're leaning into things that are, that are extremely countercultural to us. Right, 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 right. And I think even in the situation of like it's an elder, um, it's someone who, uh, who you're kind of expecting is going to go and, and, you know, is going to pass on at some point. Um, I think even those moments, that moment to moment, like surprise of, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, that, like that that just happened. Um, and again, like you were saying, that kind of permanence that's put upon me is very surprising. And, you know, in, in unfortunate circumstances of we weren't prepared for it and it was some sort of accident or something like that, um, that took someone away before we realized that they were going to pass. That's that surprise. It's, it's like it's the worst type. It's the worst kind of surprise to just be suddenly in that moment of lack of control and and the permanence of it for sure i think for me a third one is uh, just the idea of being uncomfortable yeah right um again permanence mm-hmm. lack of control now uncomfortable our, yeah. our, our culture loves comfort yes right true. um i remember pope francis in his uh in his homily at world youth day in poland in 2016 when i was there um he talked about uh we have a young we have a young people generation that loves a that that loves a good couch. Oh. That was his way of saying it. Dang, that's and good. it was just like it was like a punch in the gut. I was because like, I love my dang. couch, and I was and I was like much fatter than I am right now, and I was like, <laughs> bro, that was mean. I came back and like no. I, I came back and like started wanting to run, you know, like I hate running. <laughs> Setting up, your but I decided like to go program. run one day, and I was like, yeah, dude, yeah, like I'm better couch. than my couch. I like my couch anyway, but. But it, it, our our world loves our our world loves comfort. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and there's a book that I was reading. Sorry to interrupt you. I, there's a book that I was re- that I'm reading recently called The Essence of Prayer by Ruth Burroughs, and she mentions human wisdom versus divine wisdom. Mm-hmm. She says that human wisdom always tells us go away from the humiliating, go away from the non-satisfying mm-hmm. aspects of your life, 
Look for the things that are rewarding. Look for the things that make you feel good and maybe even feel holy. Yeah. Um, feel holy, not necessarily like give you holiness. Right. Um, and then hide from all the self-knowledge that might strip that self-complacency. Yeah. Like just that's what human wisdom tells us to do. Like oh, you shouldn't be humiliated. Right. You shouldn't struggle. You shouldn't suffer. You need to be capable. You need to be capable. Yeah. You need to be able to achieve. Right. You can do it. All those you kind of things. Can right. But like all those kind of things. Mm -hmm. it, again, death makes us come into a realization that hey, it's out of my control. This is something that's permanent. And quite honestly, I don't like whenever I'm sad. Yeah. I don't like whenever I'm grief I'm is hurt. hard. Right. It's it's holy cow. It's a pit. That, yeah. that's hard that, that's hard to be in you know um so i don't want to be uncomfortable yeah right and i say this with, i say this with reverence because this is this is oh human, sure I'm this saying, is human nature this yeah. is where we are i'm saying grief is in hard in the sense of like there's really no other way to describe it it's devastatingly right. hard right like and that's i'm not like it's not me being like quippy I've, or something it's, i've always it's, that's I've always, exactly the definition and, of it. and i've always wondered why I, i've always wondered why for example uh, psalm 23 Mm -hmm. It's it's so popular with with funerals because it's yeah. always the Lord is my shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd, and I'm mm -hmm. always like, but the Lord th think about what it's talking about. Mm -hmm. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. Mm -hmm. It's 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 hope in the grief. Yeah, it's God saying, Jesus, my Son, is going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death with, with you. you. Yeah. The shadow of death is the grief that we feel mm -hmm. standing next to someone who just passed. Yeah. Right? Like, there's a shadow of death that we feel. Right. And fresh and green of the pastures where he leads me. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, it, it's God is going to bring us to another day, a better right. day. But there's a discomfort in walking through that valley. Absolutely. Because it not only is it you're grieving the loss of your family member, but also you're reminded of your mortality. There's right. no way to go to a funeral and not think that's going to be me. At some point. Um, and, and I think a lot of people, at, at least for me, I, when I do a funeral like today, I still think if the per depending on what the generation of the person is, I will think that is my grand. That's like my grandma. Right. You'll compare it to. That's like my dad. Right. That's like my sister. That's like my nephew. Right. Like yeah. it's it's it scares me. Mm -hmm. it, it scares me into the grief, essentially. Yeah. As we're preparing for the funeral. Mm -hmm. um, and I catch myself doing it. Like I, I catch myself hurrying up to get ready so I can listen to any eulogy that's going on. The reason why is because you can get the essence of the person of they were, yeah. and what kind of hurt, what 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 the feeling is of the family. Yeah, as much as possible. Yeah, which is super important because that dictates how I preach. That dictates, and that's, I know that's like X's and O's and like almost strategy, but like it. No, that's I mean. It, it gives me a, it gives me a chance to to understand where this family's coming from. Right. Which I think is very very important. But right. When we're facing death, though, those three things in particular, um, permanence, um, lack of control and being uncomfortable um, mm -hmm. to this point, like that's that's the ones that I really think hit home. Yeah. And I, I just to kind of speak into the uncomfortability mm -hmm. um, aspect of it, there are there are going to be emotions that you didn't think you'd have to deal with and that you don't want to have to deal with um, because of the uncomfortability and because it's easier to shut down. It's easier to mask the emotions because I think part of it is because, especially if it's a close family member, if you're like in charge of the funeral preparations and everything, um, that can be very overwhelming. That's a lot of things that need to happen 
in order for you to be able to then grieve like during and after. Um, and I think, I think my, my biggest encouragement for, for that, um, for the fear of that, uh, for the fear of those emotions would be like, I mean, unfortunately you just kind of, you have to lean into them with the Lord. Like the Lord is your shepherd. You really do need his help to be able to deal with them. Um, cause again, there's that idea that we have to do it ourselves and we have to figure it out ourselves. Um, we can't make sense of the pain that this world, you know, inflicts on us. We can't make sense of the suffering that we experience in this world, except for in the light of who Jesus is and what he's calling us to. Yeah. I think the, um, as I'm, as we're talking about this, um, I, one of the, one of the scriptures that is used commonly for the gospel, um, mm-hmm. uh, at a funeral, it can be one of the options is uh is Mary and Martha at the death of Lazarus. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I I've used it for plenty of masses, and and what I usually preach on when I pick that 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 gospel is um you have Mary and Martha, they're two sisters. Mm-hmm. They just lost their closest confidant, their brother. Mm-hmm. Right. We don't hear that they're married, so right. Their closest person in their life is their brother. One, Martha. Mm-hmm. Here's Jesus is coming and goes out to meet him. Right. The other, Mary, here's Jesus is coming and stays at home. Mm-hmm. Martha's the same one that served. So I'm convinced that Martha's like a Cajun woman. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, she really is. So she's serving. She get angry at us as to for sitting down doing nothing, mm-hmm. right? Um, and now her brother's dead and she believes in who Jesus is. So because she believes in who Jesus is, she knows Jesus had the power, like the power to heal and raise and all, do all this other stuff. Well, why in the heck did he not save my brother? Right. And she can go ask. So she was said, that's it. Mm. He's coming. I'm going to meet him. He ain't getting to this house without me getting a piece of him. Mm-hmm. Mary, on the other hand, who has sat at the foot of Jesus, has listened, has been able to just contemplate the mysteries, and it seems to be, seems to be a little bit more of the introvert. Mm-hmm. Right is dealing with grief the way a, someone who's a little bit more of an introvert probably would. Mm-hmm. They want to stay locked in their room. They don't want to really do anything. They kind of feel depressed. And she's just going to wait for Jesus to get to her. Yep. In both cases, they're going to mourn the way they mourn with Christ. Mm-hmm. They're going to mourn the way they mourn with Jesus. Yeah. If you're angry, go tell them. Yeah, that's the most important thing. If you're, if you're, if you're hurt... Let him come to heal. Mm-hmm. But either way, there's no right way to do it. He's just got to be there. He's got to be a part of the equation. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Um, a priest friend, a priest friend of mine, they had a a family had lost had a um, had a miscarriage, mm-hmm. and uh, he told me. I remember talking to him that, and I knew the family, and he had told me. I asked him. I said, like, what do you do in those situations? Mm-hmm. And he told me. He said. All I could tell them is if you're angry with God, that's okay. Just make sure you tell them. Yeah. Tell them how much, how, how angry you are with him. Right. Um, if you're going to, if you're going to do, if you're going to do something, you're either going to run away from him or towards him, run towards him. Mm -hmm. Go tell him how much you're angry. Yeah. Don't stop talking to him. Yeah. Because unfortunately the more, the more you turn from him and the more you, hold it to yourself or just deal with it on a human level. I, I mean, the less it's going to be able to heal, the less you're going to be able to heal in the long run. 
um, because no one on earth can understand the way that you particularly feel about the passing of this person in the way that God can. They just can't. I mean, you, you may have friends and family who understand you like the back of their hand, but the way of grief is so strange and so difficult that really is only Jesus himself who can understand you fully because he's God. To explain, to explain it according to, to, to one image we used earlier, the, va- the path through the valley of death mm-hmm. is very different for all of us. Yeah. That's a, that's a two-person trip Yep. with the Lord. Yep. That is a two-person trip. And if we don't, what can happen, not saying it will, but mm-hmm. what can happen is we can get bogged down in the valley of death or we can just try and callous it over. Yeah. And never deal with what we're actually feeling. Right, right. And Which both, then, of course, both of those cases are are bad. Yeah, the, both of those cases for our overall health are not good things. Right, right. It's a valley to be walked through. It is not a place to be stuck. Yeah. Or a place to be ignored. Yep. And avoided. Right. Absolutely. So yeah, I think that's where we'll call it for today. Um, so we just talked a little bit about um, today was. Why are we afraid of death? We're going to go into a couple different topics regarding death and what we believe as Christians. Um, and just like maybe along the way, some help on, you know, ways to help deal with grief. Um, but I, I guess my last word would be one of encouragement. Um, if you saw the, I mean, if you got this far, awesome. Thanks for listening. Um, if you saw the title and were immediately freaked out, or if someone that you love saw the title and was immediately freaked out, I would just highly encourage you, like, just try. Just try to listen to what we're talking about um, and see if you can't get into that with the Lord. See if you can't unpack some of this stuff that maybe you're dealing with, maybe family members are dealing with, um, because we all want to get to heaven. And we, we can't do that if we just turn our backs on who we are as people and who God wants us to be as saints. I would, I would give a final recommendation. Um... If you're, if you're listening to this and you enjoyed it and you're listening to this and something struck a chord, take, uh, take some point this week. And whether you're listening to this at the beginning of Lent or you're listening to this a month from now or five years from now, I don't care when. Um, but take during this week uh, John 11, mm-hmm. which is whenever, Matthew, whenever um, Martha and Mary lose their brother Lazarus. Yeah. Take that scripture. Take that part of the of, of John chapter eleven, um, and pray and let Jesus speak to you. So who are you? Are you Martha? Are you Mary? Um, who's Lazarus? And what you want to tell him? Yeah. Let him speak to you. Amen. Well, thanks y'all so much for tuning in. Um, as always, we would love to hear from you. If you want to send us an email at sthillarychurch at htdiocese.org. Um, Please check out some of our Lenten resources this year. We have a couple of different um, things for you. We have a couple different events that should be really wonderful. Um, And yeah, we're just excited to be back. And we hope that this is a topic that can be really helpful for a lot of people. We wish you a blessed Lent and thanks for listening. Peace.